Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I'm going to be joined for our current mood combo with Yasmin Cheyenne. Yasmin is a self-healing educator, author, speaker, and mental wellness advocate. She helps people near and far learn how to cultivate daily practices to build healthy, joyful lives and launched her mental wellness practice in 2013 and has already taught over 40,000 students to take control of their mental and physical health by creating boundaries, design their dream job, find the love of their life, and more. She truly believes in self-healing for everyone, and she just launched the Sugar Jar Community app, a safe space to develop self-awareness, learn boundaries, and find resources to support your mental health. I first found out about Yasmin through Melissa Wood Health back in the pandemic days, and I just absolutely love following her on Instagram. I love watching her speak. I love her new app. Like She is just such a great positive resource on the internet, no matter if it's through the app, her podcast, Instagram. I just absolutely love following her content. So I'm really excited to have her on today to really pick her brain even more about boundaries, whether it's you setting them or you really learning how to accept boundaries from other people, which then reflects internally your self-worth, self-love, self-acceptance. We just had a really great conversation that kind of reframed a lot of really buzzy words like boundaries and so I like getting different people's perspectives and analogies because I think no matter how much you think you know like hearing it presented in a different way like always triggers a new thought for me that really makes it click in a different way which I find really really exciting so I love our conversation today and I really think you guys are going to as well but first of course let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week my best mood this week is that I feel like I've been very hmm, what's like the good word for it I guess kind of just like free spirited I feel like sometimes it can come off as unhinged and other times it could just come off as fun but I feel like I've been doing it online and offline which is why I wanted to make it my best mood I was just absolutely cracking up over the weekend that you guys were all messaging me after listening to the morning toast about my completely unhinged episode there and then wanting updates and just being you know I mean I'm always out of control on TikTok but whatever but it was so funny you guys were just cracking me up and then I also filmed like get ready with me for a first date and I really just kind of I don't know I feel like a lot of you guys were like wow this is my favorite video of yours in a while and I think it's because I really have been letting that kind of like fun free-spirited potentially unhinged side of myself out on YouTube again which has been something I haven't done in a really long time so I think it makes it even more fun when you guys love it as well because then we can all just have fun together and I've just been like really kind of like free-spirited doing whatever I want in a way of like I'm just doing what makes me happy and it's been just 
like kind of taking the pressure off of just as long as like I'm enjoying doing something it's kind of like why put all of these pressures that are usually rooted in just fear of you know failing or disappointing someone or being disappointed in yourself whatever just like kind of taking this pressure off and just allowing yourself to be more of a free spirit has been kind of how I've been living both in real life and on the internet and it has just been like I said so fun so yes I told you guys I would give you guys an update on Miami so I will say it was definitely a best mood weekend I had a really really good time just a lot of fun like that's what I'm saying I think when you take the pressure off and you just like don't overthink overanalyze like make something bigger than it needs to be like if you're capable in that moment like there's been a lot of times in my life where like I'm not able to do that where it's like oh my god this is like a make or break trip and this is crazy but in my mind I was like why does this need to be a make or break trip trip why can't this just be like a fun date trip and like why not just take life one day at a time and things one day at a time because usually I'm so just like zero to a hundred and like I said I've been more free-spirited lately and able to take pressure off and it was such a fun weekend had an absolute blast in Miami like honestly it went by way too fast like legit on Saturday I was just like oh my god I have to go home tomorrow like this sucks because the weather's still not 100% in Chicago yet and I was extremely tired but I weirdly like didn't get Sunday scaries I didn't even get Monday scaries you guys like that's how much I'm telling you like taking the pressure off and just knowing that you're gonna be okay no matter what no matter if something good happens or bad happens knowing you're gonna be okay either way just like giving your self-permission to live unapologetically wow just wow groundbreaking stuff am I going to be able to live like this every single day every single week whatever no because like we always say you'd be crazy to be one thing all the time never change feelings are normal but luckily I think I had so much anxiety the week before that I was able to really focus in and hone in on my best mood this week but of course like I said we're humans I had a worse mood don't you get me wrong I think my worst mood was, interestingly enough, kind of has to do with like my conversation with Yasmin today because I feel like when you're someone that's new to setting boundaries, it it's hard to even sometimes comprehend like what is being selfish versus what is having boundaries and what is okay versus what is like, no, I actually need to be a better friend, a better daughter, a better this, a better that. And so I think I just kind of started struggling a little bit this week with like, and not being too hard on myself in a sense of this is really actually goes a lot with our current mood combo today. But I guess it was just like the only time I was putting pressure on myself and like maybe getting a little stressed in my worst mood this week was when I thought like I wasn't being perfect to other people. So like I had this insanely fun weekend in Miami for myself this weekend and I started feeling like a little guilty about you know maybe not being able to show up for multiples of other people and I guess the way that I kind of like problem solved that in the moment is noticing it and just noticing like okay I can do better and like I do I guess need to figure out like how to have a little bit more balance but also like there is sometimes where like you can just be a little selfish and that's okay as long as it's not like what you do 24 7 and so I think just kind of having those feelings of guilt and boundaries and not knowing like, okay, what are my boundaries versus what is being completely selfish? And I think, like I said, noticing is really important because then you're totally not even close to being too far gone. You know, having a weekend to myself definitely made me feel a little bit guilty because I wasn't able to be 
everywhere else for everyone else in my life. But I think sometimes you have to make time for yourself. And what I always think too is like other people are going to do it for themselves. So why can't I do it for myself? And I'm not going to do it every single day of the year, but one weekend, I I think you can, I think you can focus on the best mood, not the worst mood then. How have you been caring for yourself lately? Whether it's taking longer baths, going on evening strolls, or indulging in midday naps, pair your self-care ritual with Calm and take your wellness to the next level. I'm partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. I absolutely love Calm. It is one of my favorite things to add to a mid-afternoon nap because then it's like a way less stressful nap and just so nice. If you go to calm.com slash Lauren, you'll actually get a special offer of 40% off Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthy life. Seriously, you guys, it's not as intimidating as it sounds just because there is so much content on the app. So you don't all of a sudden have to be like, the most incredible meditator of all time. You just need to download Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Lauren. So go to calm.com slash Lauren for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash Lauren. Literally such a mood booster. My other mood boosters this week, I mean, come on, Miami as a whole, sunshine, margaritas by the pool, mood freaking boosted. I don't know why I've been like super addicted to, to like my mood is so dependent on like being fresh and clean and like OCD in the shower. So I really was like mood boosted by like actually packing the right way. I think if you're someone like me that like needs routine and needs ritual, it's so easy to get thrown off by travel. And I just forced myself to like actually pack every single little thing, like actual travel size, actually like plan my outfits, like doing it just the right way instead of stressing about it and then feeling like shit once I was there and kind of like half-assing it. I just like went to Sephora. I got mini Necessaire. I got mini shampoo and conditioner. I packed all like exactly what I used for my makeup. Like everything was just packed so that it felt like I had all my home rituals and products and I could just like shower and feel fresh and like I don't know like traveling just makes me feel so disgusting so I've been very obsessed with that and I was like a proud mood booster moment because it is very easy to not bring mood boosters when you travel because I just let throw everything out the window and trust me when I go to Europe this summer because yes your girl's going to Europe this summer I mean I'm probably going to be a hot mess express when I get back from that I'm gonna be like oh my god I've had no routine I've had no mood boosters la 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 you get the point. So this was like a good trial. My next mood booster is when I got back. Oh my God, you guys, the things that I just needed inside of my body. I did the Hilma gas and bloat relief little pill, which literally you like, you know, like the altitude like this. I was thinking about this on the couch the other day or yesterday. I was just like, everyone like talks about bloating and then like all this stuff and everyone thinks it's about what you look. And I was like, I look fine right now. Like hundred percent look fine feel like absolute shit like my stomach just hurts so fucking bad so it's not about like ooh, I wanted to look good by the pool it was like ooh, the altitude like actually was gonna ruin my life and my stomach 
hurt so bad. So took the Hilma gas and bloat. And then also when I got back, I took the array bloat and calm. Oh my God. It's just the best mood booster ever because there's nothing worse than that feeling. Also, my like lower back was just like absolutely killing me from being on a plane and working out, sleeping in a different bed, all that stuff. So I got the Sage um, new roller. They sent it to me because we didn't know this. We found out I have this Mother's Day campaign launching with them with my mom and we had no idea that they made like the bigger balm, like the bigger roller, peppermint roller. So it's like a much bigger, like not face size like essential oil roller and it's like actually targeted for like pain relief literally saved my life like you have no idea because another one of my mood boosters was cycling this week it was one of those things where I don't really like work out on vacation but a friend in Miami was like oh like boys are gonna be golfing during the day like let's go to soul cycle and I was like well I'm probably gonna drink the night before and not want to do that but it you know what it's good for me so we're gonna do it like you will survive freaking did it absolutely crushed it it was a Justin Bieber versus Olivia Rodrigo class had the time of my life forgot how much of a beast I'm at soul cycle because if you've been a follower for a long time you know that I used to be literally addicted to soul cycle which then inspired me to try Peloton for the first time this week because yes the um guy that I went to Miami with Peltons as do some of my friends and so it was the encouragement I needed after like going to soul cycle I was like oh I got this I always wanted to try Peloton but like what's intimidating is that it's in my building and we kind of talked about it last week like how not to be embarrassed when you're like at the gym and it was definitely like I wanted to do Peloton with someone for the first time because even though I like literally know how to cycle and I know how to use a computer for some reason I thought it would be embarrassing to like get on one for the first time since it was in a public place which just shows you that it's not and it's crazy so don't be embarrassed at the gym I didn't even notice anyone around me because also no one's paying attention to you but I really really liked it I just love switching up my workout routines it is just endorphins are the realest thing ever I'm obsessed and I'm also really proud of myself for literally just like working out consistently and doing all that stuff even while traveling like that's a new mood boosting accomplishment for me because I'm actually not a free spirit, so this mood booster and my best mood this week is not a part of my personality, but a glitch. It's a glitch in the system, you guys, the system of life. If you got a small business, inflation isn't doing you any favors right now. Trust me, it's harder than ever to stay profitable. And if you're looking for a way to cut costs, mailing and shipping is honestly a great place to start. Simply use stamps.com to mail and ship and get access to exclusive discounts and great rates on shipping from USPS and UPS. It's an easy way to keep more money in your pocket. I have a big thing coming up that you guys will know about in just a few weeks that I've been teasing for a while. And honestly, stamps.com is one of the only things keeping me sane with it. Because Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer, and you get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS and 86% off UPS. So no matter what business you're in, Stamps.com can help you save on shipping. Whether you're in office sending out invoices, an Etsy shop sending out products, or a warehouse shipping out truckloads of orders, 
Stamps.com is the mailing and shipping solution for you. If you sell from multiple stores, no problem. Stamps.com seamlessly works with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. All you need is your regular computer and printer, no special supplies or equipment. You'll be up and running in minutes printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. Start mailing and shipping with Stamps.com and keep more money in your pocket every day. Sign up with promo code MOOD for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MOOD. Okay, guys, enough about me and my crazy antics. Antics? Antics? Antics. Yes. I swear I'm recovered. I swear I'm recovered from Miami. Like, I took a big nap the other day, went Peloton, went to Rumble Boxing, sweat it all out, baby. Life's about hashtag balance, you know? But let's not talk about balance. Let's talk about boundaries with Yasmin herself, who is just going to blow your mind. I hope you guys enjoy. Well, of course, like I was obviously stalking you beforehand and (laughs) I was just getting like so hyped up because I was just, I could tell even through your online presence, just like what amazing energy you have, but I didn't want to stalk too much because I really wanted to hear from you, like kind of like how you got to where you are in a sense of how did you kind of get on this like mental health journey of helping others? Yeah. Mental health and wellness started for me when I was on active duty in the military. I oh, served wow. as a, yeah, I served as a victim advocate, um, which supported people through domestic violence, sexual assault, you know, really tough experiences. And I find myself very drawn to what happened to them after the process, who was going to help them begin to heal, who was going to help them begin to journey through all of the things that they've been through. And it also invited me into my own journey. I recognized that trauma wasn't just going through something like that. It could be witnessing someone go through something like that. It could be from work. It could be from so many different things. So I started my own wellness journey. But that was really the place where I recognized that I have the ability to hold space for people going through really hard times. And it felt like a gift that I could tap into. But on my own journey, I recognized okay, this is definitely something that I want to do. And that was that was decades ago now, but like that was what really started this whole thing for me. I mean, it really is a gift because I feel like it, as someone who's like extremely empathetic and just like easily influenced, I think it would be so hard for me to not over like fixate on wanting mm. to fix and heal. And so how is that for you with kind of starting there and then doing this for decades, like being able to, like you said, like hold space for yourself and then take care of yourself, but also simultaneously like dedicating yourself to others. This is why I think it's so important when people are in healing, if you're a therapist, if you're a coach, if you're a spiritual teacher, like whatever it is you do, making sure that you're also designating some time to take care of yourself because that's where you learn the healthy boundaries. And, and being a coach or a therapist or a spiritual teacher, you're holding space for someone else. This is their time. And it's not an opportunity to put your personal opinions or your personal thoughts into what they're going through. You're supposed to be helping to guide them. And yes, advice and helping them to learn tools and things like that, but not having them live the life you want them to live, helping them live the life they want to live. And so that's where those yeah. really healthy boundaries come in place. I love that. That's so true. I feel like I do that with my friends. It's sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get them to live the way that I want them to live. And I'm yeah. always like, 
well, I guess I have to let you figure it out the hard way on your own. But yeah. I like I get so worked up about it. And I think that boundaries are something that a lot of us didn't even really like focus on until the pandemic, just because life got twisted and turned so upside down. We were able to almost like reevaluate everything in our lives. And so I really wanted to talk to you too about just like ways to create boundaries for yourself and like obviously mental health and well-being. And I feel like people even struggle with it in my age group, especially with like best friends, family, because we're like so focused on figuring out like, what is my career supposed to be? Who am Mm. I supposed to be dating? Like, like I'm kind of jealous of my friends because they're making a little bit more money than me. I just feel like there's so much that my audience is always so kind of like involved in that way of like the comparison. And so I guess like, are there like lots of different types of boundaries? Are they all kind of like when you help guide people to creating these boundaries for their lives, is it kind of this like blanket statement of just here's how you make boundaries or is, are there many types of different ways to create boundaries because I feel like you're this expert on boundaries in my opinion. Thank you. You know, I think there are different types of boundaries and we could even just use the example that you just shared. Cause I feel like so many people go through that. Like your generation, every generation, everybody is struggling right now with the access that we have to seeing what other people are doing in their lives through social media, struggling with comparisons, struggling with imposter syndrome, struggling with, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I making enough? Am I being enough? But the example you shared earlier in terms of, um, you know, I have a friend that I want to be doing this, or I think this is, you know, they, they're amazing at this, or they need to stop dating this person, or I can see the path forward. And so many people feel like that because when we love someone, when we care about someone, we want them to be living the best version of themselves. And we feel strongly sometimes like we know what that is. Like if you just follow what I'm telling you to do, everything will be fine. And that's a boundary violation. And the reason why is because we can want the best for our friends. We can want the best for the people in our lives. But it's important to first ask them permission. Do you want me to share what I think would be helpful? They might say no. They might say, I don't want you to share what you think would be helpful. I just want you to listen to me. I just want to vent. Um, If they do want you to share, once you share it, understanding that they don't have to take your advice. That's also a boundary. They can say, thank you so much. And then they have an opportunity to consider what you've shared. And then they can decide whether they want to do it or not because it's their lives. And recognizing that when we fixate on what other people are doing, we're also pu- putting our energy into something that we can't control and most likely forgetting to take care of ourselves, which is neglecting our self boundaries. How am I supposed to be taking care of myself? How am I supposed to, am I drinking enough water? Am I eating? what I'm supposed to be eating? Am I getting sunlight? Am I going to bed? Am I getting rest? And so those are kind of the ways that we can start to think about boundaries and recognizing like, where do I begin to overstep, overgive, you know, think that I have control when I don't. And in those situations, pulling ourselves back and reminding ourselves that that kind of energy should only be take, given to ourselves or if you have kids, but really for ourselves. Um, and so that's the place that I like to invite people to start with yourself. What are you fixated on? If you're thinking like, oh my gosh, is my friend going to make the right choice with her boyfriend? Like, is that really your business? Mm. Like if that's your number one priority when you wake up in the morning, I want you to begin to think about, okay, I really do care about my friend. I hope that they make the right decision with their partner, but what could I be doing for me? And it takes a lot to turn 
ourselves back to taking care of ourselves because most of us are thinking about everything happening around us, our friends, our family, work, etc. But when we focus our energy back on ourselves, we're not being selfish. We're just also not being selfless. We're not, we're making sure that we're not giving, 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 and not prioritizing what we need as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that that almost kind of made me realize too, that, you know, we talk so much about setting boundaries and I feel like I've never really had the conversation with someone of like, how do you accept someone else's boundary? Cause I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times we misinterpret that as like rejection, um, like someone not like meeting us where we are, like loving us, because I feel like if we're going to, you know, have such an open conversation about us being able to set our own boundaries, I feel like we also never like on my podcast and just what I see on Instagram and stuff. We never, I feel like I never see anything of like, Oh, here's how to like accept someone else's boundary without like making it about yourself, I guess. Like, is that kind of, um, I guess a common feeling of like misinterpreting boundaries as rejection from someone else? I think it's so common. I think when we hear boundaries, we get really excited about telling other people no. We get really excited about having our power back. We get really excited about like, nope, that's not how you're going to treat me, you know, all of that. And then we forget other people are going to have boundaries too. They're going to tell you, hey, don't really need your advice. Hey, don't come over to my house unannounced. You know, don't call me after eight o'clock. And those are the things that make us feel like, okay, so why is our relationship changing? Did I do something different? Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to take care of yourself, but I also want to be able to to have you do what makes me feel comfortable too. Boundaries are not ultimatums, they're compromise. Mm-hmm. There's a, they don't have to be debated. It's not up for debate, but there's a conversation, especially in relationships that usually needs to take place in order to get to a comfortable position. So maybe if your friend says, hey, I don't really want you to have comments on my relationship, there's no compromise really on that. If they say that that's their boundary, then it's up to you to uphold that and support them in what they desire. And it doesn't mean that they don't value you, right? It just means that that's not something that they need from you in this moment. And when we learn to honor other people's boundaries, we also learn to take better care of ourselves. We have healthier and better relationships. And we teach people how to treat us too, because the same way that we want someone to honor our boundary, it's the same way that we need to honor others around us and reminding ourselves, like, this is not them saying, you don't matter to me. This is them saying, this is what I need from you. We always want people to feel accepted and loved by us. And one of the ways we can do that is by listening to what they're asking us to do and then showing up for them in that way. And it's so funny because I feel like it's so true And I feel like the reason we're so afraid to share our boundaries is because it's almost like hypocritical of like, well, I don't want to tell you that this is my boundary because if you said that to me, I'd be like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, you don't love me. And it like, I don't know, something just like totally clicked in my head because I'm like, oh, this is why we don't want to share our boundaries because – well, at least for me, I'm like, I'd be afraid that you you would take my boundary how I would take it because Mm -hmm. I'm like so sensitive. I want to be needed all the time. Like I want, like you said, like I want everyone to feel accepted and loved. And I think the way you phrase it and like, this is what I need from you is still kind of has that little bit of like need from you in it. So it's not like this boundary of like, I hate you, get away. I don't need you at all, you know? Right. Even if someone's asking for space, because I think that's another situation in which we're like, wait a second, (laughs) why do you need space? There needs space for them. Mm. This isn't about... And I think when we reframe, like, 
sometimes it is about us. Let's just be honest. Sometimes it's like, I need space from you because we had an argument or I need to think about something. Like sometimes that is happening in a partnership or relationship or even with family. But even in those instances, recognizing that if they are in a place to recognize that they need space, this is also them taking care of me. Because what would happen if we don't have space? Mm. We might get into, continue an argument. This relationship might not be able to continue things might get unhealthy or harmful so by them recognizing they need space they're not only taking care of themselves but they're also taking care of our relationship and i think we also live because of social media we're so used to like we can even see when someone replies right yeah. we can see when someone sees our post so we're like oh they have a message is that a thing is like we, we're not used to having space it feels like i want an answer now yeah. i want to know what's up now let's talk now and recognizing that not everybody's able to do that. Some people do need some time to figure out what they want to say and to check in with themselves. And for those of us who are sensitive or feel like um, we maybe even beat ourselves up because we're like, in that time that you're taking, I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong. And I just want to know what's up. Turning our attention to what do I need in this moment for myself versus trying to analyze only what's happening in this relationship is also helpful. This is time for me to take care of myself, to connect with a friend that I'm not having a situation with, to connect with someone that I can go on a walk with or have a drink with, or, you know, go, go to a restaurant with, like, this is time for me to, to fill myself up is also helpful. Um, And being able to accept that people will have requirements and needs from us that may not make us feel comfortable and that's the tough part of navigating relationships in a healthy way. It's going to be something that we're both going to have to decide works for both of us. And it may not feel comfortable for both of us, but we're honoring each other in the best way we can. I think I saw something on your Instagram story from like a Q&A yesterday where you said like, I don't remember what the question was, but it was something about like being like how to be patient. It's like being you said something about, like, mm. it's so good about, like, being comfortable. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Somebody that, asked. What was that? Yeah. Somebody asked, like, I'm impatient. And, like, how am I supposed to maintain patience when I want to know what's up? Like, I want to know what's going on. And I, I think it's really important to learn that we're going to have to wait anyway. Mm. Like, if somebody says, I want space, we're have, we have to wait. We can't make them do something. So accepting first and foremost, I'm going to be waiting is the first step in learning to have patience because the impatience is the anxiety. Like, Oh, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can just show up. Maybe I can send them something. Maybe I can change Mm -hmm. this. No, they asked me to wait. Okay. The second place is this is uncomfortable for me because sometimes we project. We're like, if they would just talk to me, (laughs) if they would just do what I need them me to, if I need them to do, this wouldn't be happening because they're not healthy and they're not in therapy. Like we've started projecting about what's wrong with them. And it's like, no, actually this is me. I'm uncomfortable. They might be fine. So, and then the next thing is learning that having that feeling of, I want to know what's going on. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I should be completely calm and at ease and grounded in the midst of waiting. No, waiting is hard. Whether you're waiting for something tough, like results from the doctor, or waiting to hear if a partner wants to continue in a relationship, waiting to hear back from a job interview, those things test our 
our faith in ourselves. They test our belief. They test our feelings of worthiness sometimes. And that those are the times where we need to take care of ourselves the most, not be the person that's beating ourselves up the most. And I think for all of us, we're in that space of trying to find ways to do that. And I, I just also want to mention, if you find yourself beating yourself up or being judgmental or hard on yourself in those times, it's completely okay to go back in hindsight and say, oh, I was really hard on myself. And then give yourself that care now. You don't have to be like an expert healer. Oh, I'm going to stop myself in the midst of my anxiety each time. And I'm going to like sit down and write in my journal. That's not realistic. Most of us don't even realize we're in a spiral until afterwards. And so reminding yourself that doing that work on the back end, it still counts. It's not too late because you recognized it later. There's always time to go back and take care of yourself in the present. I love that because I feel like, especially if someone's new to even just like noticing their like spirals and stuff, because, you know, you could obviously be going so far down the rabbit hole, you don't even know you're there. But I think, you know, the more time you start to take care of yourself, you can like kind of start to think like, oh, this is discomfort. I don't like this. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to spiral. And for me, you know, I've been in therapy for so long. Like there's a lot of moments where I'm able to be like, okay, stop. Like, what do I need right now? Because like, I have the tools to stop myself from like going to like the darkest place. But I, you know, I think that it's so much easier said than done because when you say it, it's like, oh, you didn't see the hours of therapy I've spent for the past like years and years to be able to do that. And so I guess kind of like what you said about being able to go back in hindsight, I love because it's, I think, something that, you know, people can do that they can be proud of themselves for. But I guess also in that moment of like almost like spiraling and I had someone ask on a Q&A yesterday, like, what do I do if I just like I can't stop overthinking the same thing? Mm. And, you know, I felt like for me, my advice was I was like, I mean, I just have to like sometimes interrupt with logic or kind of just what I said. So I think what would your kind of like advice, is that almost like a boundary like with yourself in your brain of like, you had to like cut yourself off of anxiety at some point or just feel your feelings. Like what is kind of the self care in those moments when you're like actually not okay? Yeah. You know, overthinking is one of those things that can be many things. It can be because of actual like legitimate anxiety. Um, It could be like different mental health things that are affecting our ability to stop going down those spirals. And for a lot of us, I think overthinking is also a way that we hope that we're going to fix problems, Mm. um, that we're going to be able to, you know, for people who consider themselves to be perfectionists or things like that, we think like, I want to make sure I don't miss anything because when we make those mistakes, one, that's when we're our hardest on ourselves, but also a lot of us get our validation from always doing it right, always getting it right, always being the person everyone can rely on um, in different ways, but yeah. And so overthinking becomes a way that we end up actually sabotaging taking care of ourselves. So instead of doing the things we overthink as opposed to, I don't know, going for the walk or Mm -hmm. doing the work that we have to do. Sometimes I'll, you know, I I found myself in the past, I'm a recovering perfectionist for sure, um, thinking about everything I have to do for two hours (laughs) instead of, you know, starting it. It's also, can, like I said, that's why I said it's important to recognize it can come from anxiety, it can come from overwhelm, it can come from burnt out, burnout, because we're just like, there's so much going on. I don't even know where to begin. Mm. And I think it's 
also something we can do too when we feel like we have to do everything alone. When we don't feel like there's anyone we can call on for help, we don't have community, we don't feel like we have community. It may not even be true. We may have people in our lives who would show up for us and who want to be there for us. But if we don't actually believe that, or if we don't feel like we can rely on them, or if we're worried about the potential of the disappointment that might happen, if we ask and they say no, then that also gets into the equation of, I, I need to figure out how to make this work. I need to figure out how to do this. And that can feel very lonely. And that's why I think it's also important to recognize that, yes, we're healing for ourselves, but connection is one of the things that healing brings us. It, it brings us closer to the people that we trust. It allows us to bring new people in and let down those barriers that we have in place and, and, and have not necessarily bigger community, but stronger community. And those things mm -hmm. also help us feel like and recognize we don't have to do things alone. When things get tough, we can call on people. If someone's not available, we can ask someone else. And it, and it really allows us to provide for ourselves in a different way. I, I love that so much. I think that, you know, a lot of times that the self-care and self-healing and stuff, we forget that, like you said, it really actually makes us the better version of ourselves, not only for ourselves, but for everyone mm -hmm. else. I mean, you're a, a mom, so I'm sure it's like, you know, a huge priority for you because how are you going to take care of another life if you can't take care of yourself? And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my listeners are obviously in this different phase where it just, it feels like chaos and I'm sure your life feels like chaos in different ways. And so mm -hmm. quick break to talk to you guys about Indeed because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed actually match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. So it kind of like takes out that organization filtering through resumes like it really helps you narrow it down and you have a higher likely of matching with someone on instant match just because of that instead of just the search bar so basically what I'm saying is Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire even faster. And even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for the applications that meet your must-have requirements, not just applications in general. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, which is insane. Join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can start hiring now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash mood. Offer is good for a limited time, so claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash mood. Indeed.com slash mood. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back to the podcast. I feel like there's all this like talk about self-care and self-healing, which I, in my brain, I separate them as two different things because... I feel like self-care is almost maybe more like maintenance and like healing mm -hmm. is more of a, I guess, journey to me of like actually like deeper stuff. But I mm -hmm. guess, you know, you talk a lot about like just the importance of like 
choosing yourself and actually making that decision. And I guess when you you've been helping so many people for so long, like, you know, find like what makes them happy in life and finding the love of their life and stuff like that. And I guess, is there just like actual first steps to take when you feel like you're in the chaos and you don't know? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people don't know where to start or they just have all these like patterns that feel like they're never going to be able to break. Does that make sense? It does. And I I just want to check when you say like your age group, are you saying like 20s Gen Z or like, yeah. Okay. I'm a millennial too. So yeah, I think it's definitely, um, but there's a difference between when you're like in your mid thirties, you know, yeah, like Gen, when you're, Z, Gen Z millennial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the, for the folks like your twenties is, is a wild time because it's like, you just stepped out. I'm so and excited then all for it to be sudden, over. I, are you on your Saturn return right now? Are you I'm, really I'm 27 and three quarters. I am like oh, counting okay. down the days till I'm 30. I just yeah. want to be out of the twenties. <laughs> I think the twenties are, it's that, that phase of, you know, you spent a lot of your time excited about being a grown up and an adult. And then you get into adult space and you're like, it seriously, this is what it is. <laughs> um, there's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of changes, friend groups, changing, wanting to meet your part, you know, your partner, trying to figure out what you actually want to do. And I mean, I guess the news that I can share from my thirties is that's still happening. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. You're still trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. You still realize you don't know. And that's like the journey of Mm self-healing. The journey of it is like, oh, I'm getting to know myself in a different way as I grow each time. Self-care for in the way that I teach self-care is how we take care of ourselves. Not just physically, not just nails, not just, you know, like those things are important too. Because how we look and how we feel also impacts the way that we Mm -hmm. show up in the world. But self-care can be like, I'm going to say no to that invitation on Saturday because I know that I don't have enough energy. It's the everyday too. Self-care is, um, I'm going to get up early tomorrow morning because I know I have a long day and I want to make sure that I eat and, you know, drink, you know, have, do my ritual before I start my day. That's another way that we take care of ourselves. And I think people sometimes feel like, like without healing, it's hard to take care of ourselves. We need both. Healing is what gives us, opens the door to self-care before Mm -hmm. healing we don't even know self-care is is real. We think, oh, it's I go get my hair done. That's when we start to recognize, oh, it's like my boundaries. That's how I take care of myself. Um, the way that I show up in my friendships, that's the way I take care of myself. The way that I cut off people who are draining me, that's how I take care of myself. And I think in our 20s, that's when we're learning so many of those lessons. Like the people that aren't good for us, the people that are good for us, the opportunities we feel like we might have missed out on or who we want to be like that's when that's that's really big and I think also too for people still in their 20s all you know is social media it's a little bit different for the older millennials who like I remember like there was no social media and also like there was no cell phone and so like I could used to have to use a pay phone to call my friend to make sure that she was going to be at the place we were meeting at you know that was like a real thing so I think there's also this, like, you're, if you're constantly on, like, someone can text you anytime. It almost feels like there's no break. Like, yeah. you're constantly connected to someone. When is the time that you're going to take to connect to yourself? And I think that's why that in-person connection was so difficult for so many of us over the last two years and why boundaries became such a topic. 
because we realized, oh, I'm oh, I've always been out. I've ne never spent this much time alone. And although I do want in-person connection, when we're able to do that again, I want it to look a little bit differently than it did before. I want it to be more meaningful or I want it to be more fun or I want it to have less drama. We started to really connect what we were doing with our time and what we actually want to be doing with our time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I remember was like the moment we stepped back into the world, like I want to actually have fun. Like I was doing saying yes to way too many things that weren't fun. And it sounds like so simple and silly, but it's definitely been a huge change for me since. And mm -hmm. I've seen it in so many different ways with my friends. And I think that, you know, it's really hard, like you said, when it's like constant connection and then constant comparison on our phones. And so whether it's like I'm actually like talking to like actually Snapchatting and texting and FaceTiming and doing all that stuff and not having a boundary there because God forbid I turn my phone on do not disturb. The only time I do it is when I'm recording a podcast because it distracts me. Right. But it's also like if I'm not actually talking to someone on my phone, I'm looking at what someone else is doing with their life and then like comparing myself to it. And it's just like this constant cycle. And like, I, and you know, it sounds so cliche. Like obviously for, we forget that it's, you know, highlight reels and everyone's like perfect like pose and stuff like that. But it's just, I guess it's a scary thought to just like not really see how it gets better. Like I can see how the connection gets better of like, you know, do not disturb and put your phone down. But I feel like when you still pick it up, like the comparison and just that like, you know, constant way of, you know, trapping yourself is there and it really does affect I mean I just make makes me afraid for younger kids too I guess of mm -hmm. like that trap of like letting your mental health be affected by all those comparison traps I mean have you noticed like anything that like genuinely helps people that like you found struggle with that as well yeah and I think you know what even before social media I just want to mention that like it was magazines people totally. were comparing themselves it was it was television you know whatever the teen teen dramas I think it's important to, this is something that I always like to share with people when it comes to comparing themselves on social media. And I'm not saying that it's going to completely take it away, but it's one of those things that helps us to, our brains to remember what's real and what's not. Yes, we're seeing the highlight reels. That doesn't help anyone at this point because it just looks like everybody's lives are perfect. Yeah. But what I do think is helpful is we also don't know what they're going through. Like mm -hmm. when we look at someone who has the perfect pose, perfect hair, perfect whatever, and we think, oh my gosh, they just like are always on vacation or they're always doing amazing or whatever. Look, oh, she's at that party or they're at that event. Between the time that they posted those pictures, when they're at home by themselves, when we think about how much we're doing to, to care for ourselves, what's going on in our friends' lives, how we have really great things happening and we're also also, also experiencing struggles. It's a reminder that we don't know what that person who appears to be having the best time ever is actually struggling with. And I always say that, you know, when we see something terrible that happens with a celebrity or something like that, we think, what then? That is because we don't actually know what people are going through. And when we remember like in a genuine way that the comparison we have is to something that isn't real mm. because we don't know these people, we actually don't know them. We don't know what their ups, their downs are, what they're working towards. That is that reminder that just like television, because social media can all, 
almost in a way for me be compared to like a TV show. That 30 minute show or that hour show was was completely constructed for us to be entertained. Yeah. And that's how I feel with social media at this point in a lot of ways. It's, it's, it's either entertaining us, educating us, or trying to get us to get something or buy something. And like so, <laughs> yes. So reminding ourselves in those moments, okay, if I'm comparing myself to this person or I'm comparing myself to this picture, what am I saying that they have that I don't? Mm. Oh, you know, it's tons of money. Is that true? Do I, do I know for certain that they have that? Okay, maybe it's somebody that we know for certain is a billionaire or something like that. Okay. In this situation, in my life right now, could I work towards having the kind of life that, that I want? Absolutely, if I wanted to. Is, could it be hard? Might it be, might it be harder than them because maybe they have different access or things like that? Absolutely. But what can I start today in terms of those things? Once we get logic out the way, this is not going to help our souls, by the way. This is just logic. Like We're just mm -hmm. trying to logically walk ourselves through the process of like what's actually happening here. Then we get back to worth. Because I think that that's the ultimate thing that happens in those moments. We are bargaining our worth. If I was this person, then I'd be more worthy. If I was this person, then people would care more about me. If I was this person, then I'd find my partner already. Mm. Reminding ourselves that I don't have to be anything different than what I am in this moment to be worthy. And the people who love me and that I spend time with love me for who I am right now. The person that I'll spend my life with, if you're looking for a monogamous committed relationship, will love me for who I am right now. And we have to begin to, even if it's in hindsight, interrupt that pattern mm -hmm. and remind ourselves of all the ways that we are worthy. Look at the ways that I show up. Look at the podcasts that I run in the way that I impact people. Look at the way people's lives are transformed because I choose my purpose, because I choose myself. Like we have to begin to remind ourselves of who we are. And then also the last part, I know this is long, but I, I think it's important. No, keep going. <laughs> reaching out to our community mm. to reinforce, like I'm struggling. I saw this picture of this person. It reminded me of all the things that were wrong. I told myself, you know, I reminded myself, okay, this is, you know, how I could begin to re reach my own goals. Might not even have the same goals as that person. When we go through the fact check in the beginning, we think- right. Actually, I don't even want the paparazzi chasing me. Why do I? Why do I feel like I want to be a celebrity? So once we get ourselves back to the logic and we do our worth thing, and then we reach out to community, our community reinforces us and reminds us. Remember where you were two years ago. Look at where you are today. Like, and then we bring ourselves back to the grounded reality that no, I might not be that person on social media. No, I'm not that person with 400 million followers or whatever. I'm not that person that's at that party, but I know who I am and I know that who I am matters too. And that is so tough. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that that's the tough healing work that we're talking about when we're saying building community around you, that self healing work that happens outside of therapy. Even if you're in therapy, this is the, like we're only going once a week if you're lucky and for most mm -hmm. people twice a month because you know, money, the cost. Like we, we're having to reinforce within ourselves. And this is why I think self-healing is so important because we need to be surrounded by things that are pouring into us because there's so much that's taking away mm. that we have access to all the time. Well, not to make you keep going another long-winded thing, but you did mention 
you know, pouring in and taking out and you have the sugar jar community app. Mm -hmm. And I love just the story of the sugar jar. And it's so like, just, it resonates so much with me as well as someone who like always feels at home in the kitchen and like sense of security. And so I would love for you to kind of tell and share a little bit about that story and how you figured out that like the sugar jar was kind of that eye-opening moment for you and realizing how much you were giving without even maybe realizing it. Yeah, thank you for that. So the sugar jar is one of, it's it's the foundation of what I teach. And I was in the kitchen one day, I just had my youngest daughter, I just come back from maternity leave that week. And, you know, this is what I do for a living, right? I help people learn boundaries. And I was like, where are my boundaries? You know, like, how am I still going through this again? And I think a lot of people might resonate with that. Like, how am I going through this lesson again? Right? Yes. And I looked at my kitchen counter and I saw a jar of sugar and it just like clicked for me that that that's how I felt because sugar is, com- sugar is messy. When we take sugar out, you know, you notice we do it with extreme care. No one's trying to spill sugar because it gets everywhere. You can't find it. And I felt like sugar was my energy. It's the sweet stuff. It's the things that people want. People want to pick my brain. People want access to me. People want me to do stuff. So they're constantly coming in and asking for sugar from me. But the biggest piece was how can people get into my jar? And it was because I didn't have boundaries in place. I didn't have a lid on my jar. Mm. So the sugar jar becomes a way for you to check in with yourself. How full am I? With a fuller jar, none of our jars are completely full because none of us are perfect, right? But we all have that threshold and you can think about it in your life. That part that when our jar goes below that that fullness, that we feel it. We wake up and we feel tired, not excited to do things even if we love it. We're short with people, you know, or we shut down or we we feel, you know, like there's that threshold we all have in our jars. Everyone's different. And the sugar jar allows us to check in and say, okay, how full am I in this moment? Do I have enough sugar to say yes to helping my friend move this weekend? <laughs> do I have enough sugar to do that extra interview today? Or do I need to reschedule it? It really begins to become the way that we begin to take care of ourselves. Now, the most important thing is, how do I fill myself up? Mm-hmm. How do I keep myself feeling full? And that's through our community, scheduling our self-care, having a lid on our jar, making sure that we're checking our jar for cracks. Is there any place that there's sugar leaking out? Those cracks can show up in things like wanting to control our friends. We think like, oh, I'm just pouring into them. No, this is not, we're not pouring into people. When we use our sugar, we hold space for them to fill themselves up with their own sugar. Because your friend might be powdered sugar, maybe your brown sugar. Like we all have different kinds of, of energy. And when we begin to really recognize the difference between, oh, I'm, I have my own sugar jar in my own kitchen. They have their own sugar jar in their own kitchen, no community kitchens, not even if you're talking about family. Then we begin to see, oh, this is how the boundaries actually show up in real life. We don't actually all exist in one place. We each have our own places. Yes, you can come into my kitchen. You can have some tea with me. And then mm-hmm. you have to leave. Go back to your own. Even if you're partnered, there's no community kitchen. We each have our own. The only sugar jars that you'll be taking care of are your kids, 
or if you're a caregiver for caregiver for people who cannot care for themselves. Mm. And so this is what has helped people to begin to realize in a really visual way, this is how I'm overwhelmed. My sugar's everywhere. It's a mess. And I'm constantly cleaning it up and I don't even know what's happening. And that's just the starting point to begin to get curious with yourself. And the Sugar Jar Community app offers those ways to fill yourself up. Free affirmations, free journal prompts, also video workshops, audio workshops, because we're busy. We don't always have time to sit down and do an entire course, Mm -hmm. but podcasts, audio workshops, we begin to be able to, okay, I'm on the drive home from work. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I know I can fill myself up by listening to this right now. That was kind of the mind frame around making it easy and accessible for people to care for themselves every day. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And I know because so many people that I love, I've seen you on their pages and just all of your content is just, I love your approach to kind of self love and acceptance and healing. And especially that I was able to pick your brain about boundaries today, because I think it's something that is, you know, we can talk about self-love all day, but boundaries (laughs) is something that I think was more top of mind for me and a lot of my listeners. So thank you so much. And I mean, where can everyone just like keep getting obviously all of this incredible affirmation and explanation and insight? Yeah. So the Sugar Jar Community app is available on Apple. It's available on Google Play. You can download it for free and begin accessing everything now. And then on Instagram at Yasmin Cheyenne, you can find my posts every day. And you have, do you have a podcast as well? I do. I have a podcast, yes. the Sugar Jar Podcast. Okay, perfect. Um, and you can uh, subscribe to it. New episodes will be coming soon. I was just making sure too, because I was like, well, that was what I wanted to be listening to later today when I had to like remember <laughs> this conversation and how good it made me feel. So thank you so much. I'm just like, I'm obsessed with the Sugar Jar. Like, Every time I listen to you say it or talk about it, I like get a different visual in my head and I'm like, wait, yeah, why would I like go over to someone's house, bring my sugar jar and give them sugar if they have their own, get your own sugar. (laughs) (laughs) It's just opening up my mind up visually. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, mood listeners, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you for listening always. Make sure you're showing the love by giving us five stars in the App Store or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, send to a friend, follow us on Instagram at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. And of course, you can follow me at Lauren Elizabeth as well. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.